Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Growing in Grace once again for another week. Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski with you. Glad you're with us. Thanks for sharing it with a friend, too, because let's face it, there's a lot of people out there looking for some answers, looking for truth, looking for some grace. I mean, real grace, not that stuff that <laughs> some people talk about that never really seems to to be very substantive. So growingingrace.org, that's where you'll find all of our past archived programs. Hundreds of them are right there with the most recent ones with the highest program number first. That's right. You'll find all of them there. And uh, just uh, so everybody knows, uh, the deal here is the first podcast is free. And then all the other ones after that are free as well. So it's yours for the taking. <laughs> but you got to listen to the first one first right. to get the deal on all the other ones. That's, That's right. That's the catch. Yeah, the one you're listening to here, somehow you downloaded it from growingagrace.org or iTunes. You got that one for free. Now, in order to get the other ones for free, make sure you finish listening to this one. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. as usual, we're doing this through Skype, and um, hopefully everything holds together here. We had to take a little break. We had some hiccups in the connection or something, so <laughs> let's give something. it a shot. <laughs> yeah, every week we do this, and there's uh, a lot of times there's something, hiccup or something. But the main thing is that we get her done, you know, talking about the, like you say, substantive grace. I mean, you know, the power of God. Grace is the power of God, not only to salvation— but it's the it's the daily power for life. You know, we our life is found now in Christ Jesus. Our life is not our own. And I know the church has made a big deal of that. Your life is no longer your own. And usually what they mean by that, when somebody says your life is no longer your own, it means, well, now you gotta start doing what God wants you to do because your life is his and you gotta start obeying and you gotta start doing everything that he wants you to do. And um I think we got some better news that not only um, helps people to uh, be freed up from the condemnation that they receive from that type of teaching, but also empowers people to live by the very life of Jesus Christ, because in the end it really is about his life that uh, has been exchanged for ours. We no longer live, but Christ lives in us, and we're going to get into that this week. Gap? Yeah, with what you just said, there are people out there who um, their, their life wasn't their own either. They were slaves. They were servants. And that's how a lot of people view themselves in Christ, unfortunately, with this stuff about your life is not your own. It doesn't sound really like a good thing when you hear religion talking about it, but it is a good thing. Your life that was dead a dead life, if that makes any sense, has now been revived and made new. And so that's what we're leading into here with the exchanged life. What? Maybe you've heard of the phrase, the exchanged life. What, what is it? Joel, what is it? Just give it to me and we don't have to do the whole 15 minutes here. <laughs> yeah, nutshell version, huh? Well, <laughs> I mean, the exchanged life, that phrase has meant so much to me over the years because it there's so much tied up into that that has to do with our new life in Christ, with our identity in Christ. And uh, a couple of different things that it means to me is that, for one, my sin is no longer my sin because it's been taken away. <laughs> I ex the, the, My sin was exchanged for the righteousness of God. It was a gift. 
You know, I was born uh, with this sin nature in Adam, and then through Christ, what happened was that sin was taken away, and Christ became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. That is a free gift. It's something, uh, you know, where our sin was exchanged for his righteousness. (laughs) And so not only are we no longer sinners, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And also, as we were talking about, that life that we were born into uh, died. It is no longer I who live, Paul says in Galatians 2. But Christ lives in me. He himself is our life. So our sin was exchanged for his righteousness. And our old life in Adam exchanged for the very life of Christ. Yeah, I'm looking at Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Christ. And through him, through Jesus Christ, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet now he has reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. I'll bet a lot of people have never thought of themselves as holy, blameless, and beyond reproach. But that's how you've been presented by Jesus to the Father uh, because we've been reconciled. And that word reconciled in the original language has another meaning. One of those is exchange, which is what you were just talking about, Joel, God exchanging our past sin for his righteousness, uh, exchanging removing our old life and replacing it with his uh, divine life. Um, That's what we have in Christ. Yeah, and think about it. That's the starting place of our life in Christ, being complete in him, having been reconciled, having this, this exchange having taken place. It's not something that we're trying to attain. It's not something that we're trying to strive for. But in Christ, we have been made complete. In Christ, simply through us having believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ, in what God has done for us, simply through that, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are complete in him. Now, of course, in our daily lives, we don't always realize it. We don't always understand it. We've got some growing to do as far as our understanding of that truth, and as far as our, our daily experience of that truth, but it is the truth, and that is what's so exciting about this life in Christ, because you don't have to get up in the morning and think of a list of things that you need to do to try to remain reconciled with Christ or, or to try to perform up to a certain level so that God will accept you and so that you, one day you'll be complete, but it's really a matter of waking up every day and realizing that you are in Christ. You are complete in him. He's done it all. When this exchange took place, it took place forever. This is you for eternity, this exchange. Now, of course, we're living in this body that is going to die. So we're talking about our spirit. We're talking about our eternal life in Jesus Christ, complete in him for now and forever. Yeah, because most of us have grown up with something called a a gospel that focused on change. You know, you commit your life to God, and then you start trying to do better. (laughs) And, and, you know, you cut out the bad stuff, and you start living this way, and you quit swearing, and 
you know, you might quit smoking, you might quit drinking, you go to church more. Uh, every time the doors are open, that's all the minister will ask of you. And, you know, prayer time and Bible study with the women or the men and help out with the youth group. I mean, all these things now become a part of the Christian life. And really, even though some of these things I just mentioned are all fine and dandy, really nothing to do with the Christian life as we know it. Uh, we're talking about the life of Christ, not some 21st century or 20th century or whatever uh, modern form of, of religion uh, based on our cultural lifestyle. It, we, we get so confused so easily. So this is not a gospel of change. It's a gospel of exchange. And it's an important thing to remember because some people just get so caught up with this. They're, they're on a, a works-based gospel. And works and gospel just don't usually work very well together when you're basing it on uh, your own, trying to establish your own righteousness. And and so, just I'm just throwing out some thoughts here, Joel. I'm talking off the cuff, as we often do here on Growing in Grace. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just encouraging people to realize it's got nothing to do with you. It's, it's all about him and what he did. Right, yeah, because Paul said in Philippians 3, you know, he's, he's, he says he's talking about this faith through Christ, you know, through faith in Christ. He has this righteousness that doesn't come from the law, doesn't come from his works, but it comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. He's talking about knowing Christ. And that, when he says in verse 12 of Philippians 3, he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. That's a little bit different than him saying that we've already been made perfect. We've already been made complete, because that is true. But what he's talking about here is that this knowing Christ, this learning, this daily understanding of who he is in Christ. He's not already attained perfection as far as knowing it. He, he wants to grow in this. He's pressing on so that it's Christ that he knows every day, not his old life and the law, not trying to perform for God, but so that it's Christ that he knows. He wants to lay a hold in his very being. He wants to lay a hold of what Christ has already laid a hold of for him, and that's eternal life. And, and it's not that he doesn't have eternal life again, not that he hasn't already been perfected. It's just that his understanding, even Paul, <laughs> who told us all this stuff, he was growing in this stuff. And so it's exciting to wake up day by day and know that there is so much more to learn and, and know about God and uh, we're not condemned for what we don't know, but God is pleased to teach us and to help us to know him more and more. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And and so to, to try to separate this whole works and faith thing and performance that brings change instead of faith that brings exchange, the opposite of the exchange life would be something like do your best and let God do the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, I've begun a good work for God, and I'm going to be faithful to complete it. That would be the opposite of the exchange life. I, I'm working for God. The exchange life is God does the work in and through me. He has begun a good work in me, and he will be faithful to complete it. So th that's the exchange life right there, a new creation in him, which maybe we can talk a little bit more uh, about next week. But works will say this, Joel. Works will say that uh, I can get God to respond to me. 
that's what a lot of people are trying to do when they talk about works. They're trying to get a response, a positive response from God, whereas faith is my response to what he has already done in Jesus Christ. That's the difference. Yeah, it really is about what he has done. And I know there's people listening that will say, well, you guys are preaching licentiousness. You can do whatever you want to do. And what was that word um, somebody used not too long ago? Less, less viciousness, I think, was the word. <laughs> We're preaching less viciousness and licentiousness. And obviously, that's not what we're teaching. Everybody knows that. That's not what we're trying to help people. We're trying to help people to know Jesus Christ and him crucified and the power of the resurrected life. We have this life in Christ. It's it's a resurrected life in which we have been made one spirit with God. 1 Corinthians 6:17, we've been made one spirit with him. And if that means if, if teaching that, sharing that truth, that we've received that through nothing that we've done, not through our works, how in the world can it be said that we're teaching that people can just be licentious and, and less vicious or, or whatever these things? Because really, being joined together with God 24-7 through nothing that we've done, but through His work in us, that is something that I call life. This exchanged life is just so exciting. So yes, indeed, this new creation that we've become, we'll talk more about that and a whole bunch more next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.